Now we're going to go through together and we're going to read a few chapters together from Ezekiel this morning. Now as we read together, we're going to start in Ezekiel chapter 40 in verse 1. So let's grab our Bibles and open them up. In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year after the city was struck down, on that very day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me to the city. In visions of God, he brought me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. Now we're going to be talking about the temple as we move forward here. On which a structure, like a city, to the south. When he brought me there, behold, there was a man whose appearance was like bronze with a linen cord and measuring reed in his hand, and he was standing in the gateway. And the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears. Set your heart upon all that I show you, for you were brought here in order that I may show it to you. Declare all that you see to the house of Israel. And behold, there was a wall outside the city of the temple area. And the length of the measuring reed in the man's hand was six long cubits, each being a cubit and a hand breadth in length. So he measured the thickness on the wall, one reed, and the height, one reed. Then he went into the gateway facing east, going up to its steps, and measured the threshold of the gate, one reed deep. And the side rooms, one reed along, one reed broad, and the space between the side rooms, five cubits, and the threshold of the gate of the vestibule, of the gate of the inner cord, one reed. Then he measured the vestibule of the gateway on the inside, one reed, and then he measured the vestibule of the gateway, eight cubits, and its jams, two cubits, and the vestibule of the gate was in the inner end. And there were three rooms on the side of the gate. The three were the same size, and the jams on either side were also the same size. Then he measured the width of the opening of the gateway, ten cubits, and the length of the gateway, thirteen cubits. There was a barrier on the side rooms, one cubit on either side, and the side rooms were six cubits on either side. Then he measured the gate from the ceiling and one side of the room to the center of the other. The breadth of 25 cubits, the opening, faced each other. He then also measured the vestibule 20 cubits and around the vestibule of the gateway was the court. From the front of the gate and the entrance to the front of the inner vestibule of the gate was 50 cubits. And the gateway had windows all around narrowing inwards toward the side rooms and towards their jams and likewise the vestibule had windows all around inside and on the jam were palm trees then he brought them out to the outer court and behold there were chambers and a pavement all around the court thirty chambers faced the pavement and the pavement ran along the side of the gates corresponding to the length of the gates this was the lower pavement. Then he measured the distance from the inner front and the lower gate of the outer front of the inner courts, a hundred cubits on either side and on the north side. As for the gate that faced towards the north belonged the outer court, he measured its length and its breadth, its side rooms three on either side, and its jabs 
and its vestibule were the same size as those on the gate. Its length was fifty cubits, and its breadth was twenty-five cubits. And its windows and its vestibule and the palm trees were the same size as those of the gate that faced towards the east, and by seven steps people would go up to it and find a vestibule before them. On the opposite of the gate of the north, on the east, was an inner court, and he measured from gate to gate a hundred cubits. And he led me toward the south, and behold, there was a gate on the south. He measured its jams and its vestibule, and they had the same size as the others. Both it and its vestibules had windows all around, like the windows of the others. Its length was fifty cubits, and its breadth twenty-five cubits. And there were seven steps leading up to it, and its vestibule was before them. And there was a gate on the south of the inner court. He measured from gate to gate towards the south, a hundred cubits. Then he brought me to an inner court through the south gate, and he measured the south gate. It was the same size as the others. Its side rooms and its jams and its vestibules were the same size as the others. And both it and its vestibule had windows all around. Its length was fifty cubits and five cubits broad. Its vestibule faced the outer court, and the palm trees were on its jams, and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the inner court on the east side, and he measured the gate. It was the same size as the others. Its side rooms and jams and vestibules were the same size as the others. And its vestibules had windows all around. Its length was fifty cubits, and breadth Twenty-five cubits. Its vestibule faced the outer court and it had palm trees on its jams on either side and its stairway had eight steps. Then he brought me to the north gate and he measured it. It had the same size as the others. Its side rooms, its jams, and its vestibules were the same size as the others and it had windows all around. Its length was fifty cubits and its breadth was twenty-five cubits. Its vestibule faced the outer court and it had palm trees on its jams on either side and its stairway had eight steps. There was a chamber with its door to the vestibule of the gate, where the burnt offering was to be washed. And in the vestibule of the gate were two tables on either side, on which burnt and sin offerings and the guilt offerings were to be slaughtered. Off to the side on the outside, as one goes up to the entrance of the north gate, were two tables, and off to the side of the vestibules of the gate were two tables. Four tables were on either side of the gate, eight tables on which to slaughter. And then there were four tables of hewn stone for the burnt offerings, a cubit and a half long and a cubit and a half broad, and one cubit high, on which the instruments were to be laid and with the burnt offerings and the sacrifices were slaughtered. And hooks and handbreadth long were fastened all around within, and on the tables the flesh of the offering was to be laid. On the outside of the inner gateway were the two chambers in the inner court, on the side of the north gate facing south, and on the other side of the south facing north. And he said to me, This chamber that faces south 
is for the priests who have charge over the temple, and the chamber that faces north is for the priests who have charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, who alone among are the sons of Levi that may come near the Lord to minister to him. And he measured the court, a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits broad, a square, and the altar was in front of the temple. Now, something that you can see as you go through this chapter, you can see how God is so specific about the temple, so specific about the sanctuary, that there are measurements, there are plans when you are doing things for God. It's never just do it as you like on the spot. God is a God who plans. He has points. He has structures. He has things that are laid out for specific purposes purposes to take care of the people and to give him honor and to give him glory. That's something for us to think about as we get ready and we worship our wonderful Lord some more. Let's worship him. Wait, 
for our New Testament passage, let's please open to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we are going to go through verses 1 to 14 together this morning. It says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow leader, like me, fellow elder, like he's saying, like me, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed shepherd the flock of God that is among you, God's people that are among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, not because you have to, but it says willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but earnestly. You don't minister to people to take from the people or to enhance yourself to make yourself better, but to love them because they are God's people. It's a joy. It should be a joy for pastors to love on the people and take care of the people. And COP, you are a joy and we love taking care of you. In verse 3, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. As pastors, we should be leading life as examples for you to see how to live, how to follow, what to do. That's how we should be. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, you younger pastors, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Young pastors, that's how we should be acting. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. He is looking. He is looking for things to cause harm. He is looking for things to cause division, to speak lies. That is who he is. That is what he does. But, verse 9, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of suffering are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And remember, you are not alone. Your brothers and sisters in Christ have gone through it. Jesus went through suffering. Jesus went through temptation. And number three, as we've been learning in our sermons on the weekend, it is never more than you can bear. But it doesn't end there. In verse 10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You will be stronger than before. You will be more established than before. You will have complete restoration of everything. That is the God that we serve. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus, a faithful brother as I regard him, I have briefly written to you, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. So you, who is like Babylon, who is likewise chosen, send you greetings. So does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. We need to remember God is very specific on his care for the people. That we take good measurements for the house of God. That we have plans for the house of God and that we follow them. God has very specific instructions for us in our life. And 
God is a restoring God. God is a God who gives us amazing chances and opportunities, but he tells us we need to live a life of humility. That yes, there's going to be seasons of up and seasons of down, but that is not the end. That if we stand firm, if we hold on, if we keep on keeping on, the end of our story will show us more strength than before, more restoration than before, more establishment than before. That is the God that we serve. Amen. Now, as we get ready to wrap up today, I would just love to take the opportunity to be able to pray for you guys. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you, Father. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to hear your word. Lord, we pray, help us, Father God, to be able to apply it in our life, that we will be able to see a wonderful provision and strength and understanding. Lord, help us stand firm. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who restores, that we never have to go through things more than what we can handle, Lord God. So, Lord, continue to strengthen us. Continue, Lord God, to let us see that there is hope. Lord, we thank you for the government that you have given to us. We pray for your hand to be upon them. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them mercy. Give them strength, Lord God, as they make decisions to take care of us. Lord, we thank you that your blessing and hand of protection and provision, Lord God, is over us. Lord, we thank you for the testimonies we've been seeing, the testimonies we've been hearing. Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. And we look forward that each and every one of us, Lord God, shall have a praise report, that we will have a testimony to show of your goodness, of your faithfulness, Lord God. Lord, as we go today, be with us, Father. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for your protection. We thank you for your guidance. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we so look forward to coming and being in your house together this weekend as we can worship you and give you honor and praise. Lord, watch over us in our coming and our going, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm Pasara A. Thank you so much for being with me this morning as we go through our daily devotions. And I so look forward to seeing you in God's house this fantastic weekend. Take care and God bless.